0: This is the story of the good, the bad, and the ugly Samaritan. What? I ain't ugly. Sorry, I mean the good Samaritan. Out there in the desert, in the wild, there was a weary traveler.
1: Oh, oh hi, I'm Todd. Todd the Tourist. I I was late for my bus tour, so... I guess I'll just start walking down that dirty, scary road. Doop de doo, it's a beautiful day and I feel so safe.
0: On his journey, he was attacked by bandits.
1: Huh? Huh? Oh, are there birds? <laughs> I'm thirsty. Huh? Oh, I was thirsty. Hmm.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: They beat him and robbed him and left him for dead. Food for the vultures.
1: I don't remember that in
2: the brochure.
0: Lucky for him, there was a priest.
2: Marriage is what wings us together today.
0: Traveling the same dusty road.
2: Oh, what a lovely day today. I feel so safe and... <gasps> Look! Look at the weary traveler. The traveler hurt his arms and his legs and his face.
0: And when the priest saw the bloody and beaten man.
2: So sorry. I'm running late for church. Glory, glory.
0: He distanced himself from the body and kept walking. As luck would have it, there was another traveler on the same road, a Levite. Are you a Levi?
2: Well, I am wearing Levi jeans, so...
0: Okay, then. Well, this Levi also avoided the injured man.
2: Sorry, man. Can't get blood on these Levi jeans. Come on, man.
0: Leaving him for dead. And when all hopes seemed lost, in the distance riding on a donkey came a Samaritan. And he saw the injured man and had compassion on him. Oh, boy. He bandaged his wounds and rode him into town. You good, Todd? Let's go. Checking him into the local inn, the Samaritan paid for everything. He became known around those parts as the Good Samaritan.
1: Welcome to My Tribe Live. We're gonna have some fun tonight. I am, I am really excited about what we're gonna do. It's gonna be different. As you can tell by Todd the Tourist, this is going to be a different night. This is a family service for kids, teenagers, and parents to to be together. What we're going to do, we're about to do a live demonstration of my tribe. Here's what my tribe is all about. My tribe is about taking your family through the Bible in chronological order. What I mean by that is in the correct historical timeline order. Because sometimes the Bible is a little confusing. When you read the Bible, some books happen earlier on, but not in the timeline of events. And so you're like, wait, was Esther friends with Jesus? I don't get it. So what we've done is we've studied the Bible really thoroughly and put together a digital timeline of events. Because I believe when you understand the Bible in chronological order... It will bring the teachings of Jesus to life like you've never, never understood before. I'm so excited. So we're going to do that tonight. We're going to take over 50 episodes worth of preaching and stuff into one night. So I hope uh, you made plans to sleep here tonight because we're going to be here for a long time. No, no. We're going to do a one-hour service and walk you through the Bible. Are you guys ready? Tonight, we're going to start in Genesis, uh, about Genesis 11, and our story begins with Father Abraham. How does a Hebrew know math? Just a man with no land, married to his barren sister Sarah, who's got no lads, known as Abram, but name changed to Abraham, become the father of a nation. How does this Hebrew nomad then become a soul dad to an entire group of people who are known as Christians? Listen, this is the story of his fame, you need to know his name, what's his name? My name is Father, Father Abraham My name is Father, Father Abraham And there's a lot of kids I haven't had But just you wait, just you
2: wait Genesis
3: 1127 is where we meet him Leaving his and singing I am headed for my Eden, being free He was becoming a new man A new man, new man, to a new man a
1: new land, a new man moving to a new land, a new man moving to a new land a new man just wait Father, Father Abraham Our story begins with Father, Father Abraham Now, his name actually wasn't Abraham. His name first was Abram Now Abram Uh, I brought a little picture of Abram. I don't know if this is exactly accurate, but um, let's just say uh, it's hipster Abram. Uh, This is how everyone in San Diego tries to look. So Abram, his name meant father. But guess what? He didn't have any kids. So it's kind of a weird name to have. His name was Father, but, but he didn't have any kids. So God changed his name from Abram to Abraham. Which meant father of a bunch of people still didn't have any kids. and so God changed his name from father to father of a bunch of people, but guess what? God was faithful and he gave him a son. Abraham had a son whose name was Isaac and I'm going to show you what I think Isaac might have looked like maybe <laughs> I don't know we'll just we'll just call that Isaac and then something really... Something really weird happens it's one of the strangest stories in the Bible it is God tells Abraham to sacrifice his son, which I know after quarantine some of us are parents have been asking God to say that um, but it's a weird, it's a really weird story. It's always, if we can be honest, that there's parts of the Bible that make me uncomfortable. This story has always made me a little uncomfortable. And um, I always imagine what it must be like for a Sunday school teacher to try to teach this story to kids. So here's here's what I imagine it might it might go like this. Take a look. Come to story time. Today's wholesome children's tale comes from the good book of the Bible. <laughs> Let's start with Genesis 22. Oh, not this page. Ah, here it is. Boys and girls, settle down. I'm reading the Bible. God said to Abram, Take your son Isaac, whom you love. Oh. How cute, it's a father, father, father-son story. A father-son story. Get your finger out of your nose for reading the Bible. Take your son Isaac, whom you love, and kill him. Uh, uh, and, and burn him as an for What am I reading? Is this the Bible? This is the Bible. This is the bi- It's the Bible. Stop crying, Jimmy. So Abraham took his son and a knife. up uh, it's, it's okay. It's, uh, it's the Bible. It's okay. Stop, stop screaming. Stop crying. Stop crying, Jimmy. I'm sure it's going to get Better, kids. Just keep reading. So Abraham took his son Isaac and bound him in rope and and put him on the altar and then took his knife to slaughter his son NO! THIS CAN'T BE RIGHT! WHAT ARE WE READING? I'M SORRY, Karen. PARENTS! PARENTS! Uh, ALERT! how do you use a cell phone? Siri, call all the parents! ALL OF THEM! Come pick up your kids! There are kids crying! There are kids screaming! That kid in the back just passed out! Siri, help me! Parents, please pick up your kids immediately! Sunday school has been canceled. Somebody help me. I am bad with babies. <laughs> now, here's the thing. As as awkward as that story is, it's actually really profound and really powerful. Did you know that the first time we ever see the word love in the Bible is in this story? And we do a whole episode on Abraham and Isaac, and it will really help you not feel so awkward with that story. But I have to keep moving on because uh, we don't want to be here all night. So we're going to move on. Abraham had a son named Isaac, and Isaac had a son named Jacob. And here's what I think Jacob might have looked like. We're going to put that on the screen for you. This is Jacob. Uh, As you can tell, he's he's a shady guy, Right? That's a shady guy. Do you know the name Jacob? It meant deceiver, heel, grabber. It's not a great name. Uh, I think I told some of you this, but my parents let my four-year-old brother name me. They let my four-year-old brother name me. I was this close to being named Poopstick. Right? <laughs> Thankfully, he named me Jason David. Uh, David's my middle name. He named me Jason David because his best friend was Jason and his second best friend was David. Super sweet. Uh, If he had a girlfriend at the time, I would have been called Jennifer. Who knows what would have happened. But Jacob, he was named Jacob, which meant deceiver. But God changed Jacob's name from Jacob to Israel. Now, here's what I love about God. God is not a name-caller. He's a name-changer. See, when I went to school, I got called all kinds of mean names. I had so much acne and pimples on my face they called me pepperoni pizza <laughs> they called me chocolate chip cookie and and plus i had braces on top of it and and i was trying to do spiky hair like in sync and you know and it was just it was just a lot to look at <laughs> even my mirror was like i'm going to crack you know <laughs> but, but it, you know but i remember all those names but god doesn't call you names he changes your name To something better. And he changes Jacob's name to Israel. Now I know I'm throwing a lot of names at you, but there's only three names I'm gonna actually have you memorize tonight. And this is the first one Israel. Everyone say, Israel Israel. Who has heard of Israel? Raise your hand if you've heard of Israel. Most of us we've heard of the nation of Israel. This is where it all begins. The entire nation of Israel begins with this. Sorry, I'm pointing at as There's a TV screen right here. You're like, what is he pointing? There, I'm pointing there. The entire story of the nation of Israel begins with this man right here. You notice that he's no longer as shady as he was before. Did you notice <laughs> the shades are gone? This is Israel. The name Israel means to overcome. It means I struggled and I overcame. And that's going to be the story of the nation of Israel. Now, Israel has 12 sons. Let's count them. You ready? We're going to count them together. Ooh, one, two, three, four, 12. There's 12 sons right there. All right. Now, here's what's really cool. Each one of these sons had a different name. I'm going to introduce one of, you, one of them to you right now. His name was Judah. Now, I'm going to pick this guy right here to be Judah. So this guy here, we're going to call him Judah. I don't know. I think he just looks like a Judah. Doesn't he? He just looks like a Judah. I'm calling him Judah. That's the second name to memorize tonight. Judah. Guess what? We're two-thirds done with memorizing. We only have one more name after this. Alright, so we have Israel... And Israel had a son named Judah. So what was the first name to memorize? And what was the second name? You're doing great. We only have one more name to memorize, but it won't come for a little later on, in about five hours. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Judah. Now, all of these sons all had names, obviously. And they got married. Some of them got extra married. And they had big families, so they were, you know, they were the 12 sons of Israel. If I had 12 sons, they'd be the 12 sons of Jason, right? 12 sons of Jason. So these were the 12 sons of Israel. But they started having large families. And they kind of became the 12 families of Israel. So if I had 12 sons and they had big families, they'd be called the 12 families of Jason. Does that make sense? Well, these families got so big that they became known as tribes. And they became known... As the 12 tribes of Israel. Who has heard of the 12 tribes of Israel? So every one of those tribes was named after a son of Israel. Whose name used to be Jacob. So they could have been the 12 tribes of Jacob. But his name was changed. So it's 12 tribes of Israel. Now, most of the Bible is about this family. Anyone like Star Wars? Like So Star Wars is all about one family's drama. Like, when you really break it down, it's a, it's just, it's a reality TV show for the Skywalker family. Um, it's like Keeping Up with the Kardashians, but with a lot less plastic. And uh, <laughs> So, <laughs> I never know if that joke is going to work or not, but thank God for you, it worked. Um, you know, Star Wars is all about one family's drama. Well, the Bible is kind of similar. We're going to follow, most of the Bible is going to follow the family drama of these 12 tribes. Are you ready? It gets really dramatic. Because these 12 tribes become slaves to an empire known as Egypt. They become slaves in Egypt. But God raises up a hero, a deliverer, whose name was Moses.
2: (laughs) Ha ha! God, that tickles! That
1: really tickles! Hear ye, hear ye! The Ten Commandments! Aw, oh, man, we hate rules! Well, it's just ten, and they're pretty easy to follow, so... Rule number one, don't worship any other gods! What about this cow? That's right! Worship me! Worship me! Put your hands in the air like you just don't care! Say hey! hey. Say ho! Say
3: hey! 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 Say, ho! Ho! Hey.
1: We already started worshipping him! Why? How do you worship a cow? Like this! You just bow down and you say, Holy cow! Holy cow! That's ridiculous! You already messed up the first commandment! Rule number two! Don't make any graven image, you already messed that one up too with the cow! It's getting hot in here! So take off all your Okay, rule number three. Don't say God's name in vain. OMG. Well, you messed that one up too. Let's just get through these before you break all of them. Keep the Sabbath day holy. Honor your parents. Don't... Don't kill anybody. Oh, whoops. Uh, at what point does that... A rule taken take into effect like could we start in five minutes after I finish killing this guy? Seriously, how hard is it not to kill somebody next don't commit adultery. Yo, too late. Don't steal. Yo, really too late And don't lie. Yo, yo, i never done that. No, 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 man. I never lie <laughs> Are you kidding me don't lust after your neighbor's wife or covet any of this stuff. Hey girl
3: Ah uh- I'm married. So? Are you even listening to Moses? Way to go, everybody! You broke all ten! (laughs) I'm
1: so angry, I'm so mad, I could just... uh, uh, (sighs) Moses just broke all ten commandments. OMG! Let's play a game. Go ahead and give me that next one. We're gonna play a game. I brought my friend the Holy Cow and we're gonna play a little game. Holy cow, can we use this ball? Here's what we're gonna do. We cannot let this ball touch the ground, but we also can't let it hit the ceiling. Are you ready? How many times can we keep it in the air? On your marks, set, go. We got one, two, three, four, five, six. Oh yeah, we got six, here we go. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. One, two, three, oh my bad. We got three. One, two, three. We got six-inch record. Here we go. One, two, three, four. <laughs> We're coming this way. Five, six. Here we go. Over here. Over here. One, two, three. Wait, use your head. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Nine, new record, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17,
3: 18. One, two, one, one. We keep getting
1: one. Let's go over here, here we go. One, two, two, oh wait, oh look at that dive, one. We are really good at getting one, two, three, one, two, three, four, five. Woo. All right, let's bring it to this side. Let's bring it to this side. Here we go. Let's take it to that side. Here we go. Here he comes. One, two. <laughs> One, two, three, four, five. One, two, three, four. Five, six, seven, who are you? Eight, no! no. now out! Alright, we got ten seconds left. I think, I think I'm tired. (laughs) Give yourselves a hand. Here, holy cow. Here's your ball back, holy cow. The holy cow, everybody. The holy cow. Now, you might be wondering, what just happened? Why do we just party with a cow? And I bet that's what God was asking Israel. Why are you partying with a cow? Because while Moses was on the mountain getting the Ten Commandments, the 12 tribes of Israel were partying with a cow. They were worshiping a cow. They were even sacrificing their kids. To a cow. Parents don't get excited. (laughs) They were sacrificing their kids to a cow. You know why they were doing that? Because everyone around them was doing it. All the other nations were worshiping cows and bulls and really weird stuff. And they wanted to be like everybody else. The 12 tribes of Israel wanted to become a nation. They wanted to become a kingdom. And all the other nations had a human king. So the 12 tribes of Israel made a big mistake. You know what they did? They said, God, we do not want you to be our king anymore. We want a human king. We're not going to follow God. We're going to follow a human king. So they picked one. And this really backfired, my friends, because they ended up with a doozy of a king. Let me introduce you. The king saw
2: Ow I don't like you Ow! I don't like you
1: Well, that was King Saul. He was a little jealous of King of, of David. That was David there who had just defeated Goliath. King Saul was getting jelly. So he tried to kill him. That's the kind of kings. They ended up with a bunch of bad kings. Let me show you the area of land that became their kingdom. We're going to show you this map right here. This is the kingdom of Israel. And as we look at it, um, this is a modern day map of Israel, but everything that you see here within these black borders, I feel like a weatherman. We're going to have some, like, there's going to be a, some wind coming off here. Um, every, everything you see here, everything the light touches, uh, was the kingdom of Israel. Now, I'm not going to explain exactly what happened next or why it happened. We do a whole full-length episode about this moment. I'm just going to skip to the ending of what happened. My friend, something really tragic. The kingdom of Israel had a massive civil war. And this this civil war, I'm going to show you the map. This civil war, it like, I know it's a it's a tough word to hear, but this was like, Getting divorced. This was the family breaking up. Right? Because remember, we're following the story of a big family. When this civil war happened, this was like breaking the family in two. Northern Israel, they they went north. They had ten tribes. And they called themselves Northern Israel. And two tribes stayed in the south. Judah and a little tiny tribe named Benjamin... That was so small that they're like, we're not even going to name this after you. (laughs) So they became Judah. Now, I want to show you the capital of northern Israel. The capital of northern Israel was Samaria. And here is going to be our third and last word to memorize tonight. Because from Samaria, we get the word Samaritans. Everyone say "Samaritans." Samaritans. So we have the nation of Israel... We have Judah, and we have the Samaritans. Boom. You're you're memorizing the Bible already. These are massive. You know, most, most Christians don't actually understand this story. It's a big story. That's why I'm so excited to share it with you. And you're already memorizing it. If you know those three names, you know a massive chunk of the Bible. It's going to make the Bible make so much more sense. Samaria is where we get the word Samaritans. And Judah is where we get the word Jew. The Jews are from Judah. Samaritans were in the Samaria area. <laughs> the Samaria area. So you begin to see already with this Civil War, you begin to see a rift, a crack between the Samaritans and the Jews. Remember that? It's going to become very, very important. Now, during this time, A massive empire comes to power. The empire of Assyria. Here's what I imagine that Assyria uh, looks like. We'll put this on the screen for you. This may or may not be uh, biblically accurate. But here's a little picture of the empire of Assyria. Um, They were, my friends, they were a big, brutal empire. Historians tell us they were one of the most violent empires. And when they attacked you... They destroyed you. They annihilated you. Let me give you an example. I used to play basketball. I know you can't tell. But I used to play basketball in high school. And to be honest, I don't know why my parents sent me to the school. But we were just a bunch of small white Dutch kids. All right? Very, we could not touch the rim. We had no moves. My my best friend uh, was this he was a super tall uh, African American, just my best friend in the world. When we walked in public together, people were like, "How are you guys friends?" He was so tall, I was so small. we looked like an awkward oreo cookie <laughs> and, uh, and he played for an, an, uh, this other team, and they recruited they recruited some of the best athletes all of them could dunk in their freshman year. so they all came to play against us, small white Dutch kids and I'm going to let you try to guess what the score was. And I promise you it's going to be worse than you're about to say. How many points do you think the other team scored? 50? It was more than 50. More than 60. 96. You know how many points we scored? Four. It was 96 to four. But But I want to impress you, ladies and gentlemen. It was my best Night, statistically, I scored 25% of our points that night, cause I had one free throw out of the four points. So statistically, I was on fire, my friend. It was my best, my best night. Typically, I was 0%, but that night, I was 25%, cause I had one free throw. It was terrible. We got annihilated! And that's what Assyria would do to their enemies. They would come in and annihilate them. They would murder almost everyone there. And any survivors, they would take them and place them in other places, other lands. And so I'm going to show you what happened next. The empire of Assyria invaded northern Israel. And they burned northern Israel to the ground. They annihilated almost all of the people. Ten tribes of Israel were wiped off the map those who survived were taken to other lands and other people from other lands who had been conquered by assyria were brought in to live in this area the area of samaria the area of samaria so now judah they lost they lost brothers and sisters mothers and fathers cousins friends, family members. And now a bunch of other people were living there who were loyal to Assyria, the most brutal empire in the world. And Judah began to hate anyone who lived in the Samaria area. (laughs) I want to give you some context. My friends, we began tonight with 12 sons 12 families, 12 tribes. My friends, all we have left is one. That's that's like losing 11 out of 12 families. That's like losing 90% of your family. My friends, Assyria, statistically, proportionally, percentage-wise, annihilated more Jews than Hitler ever did. I want you to understand Assyria was evil. They hated Assyria, and they hated anyone who was loyal to Assyria. So now all we have left is Judah. It began with Israel, but now all that's left is Judah and the people who lived in the area of Samaria, and we call them the Samaritans. you see what we have left now? Judah, the Jews, and the Samaritans. This was rough to be Judah, but don't worry, my friends, it gets worse. Here's what happens next. (laughs) The empire of Babylon comes into Judah, and they take them away. I'm going to need to explain this picture real quick. Okay. Here's what happens. Um, I only had so many costumes of kings. There's so many kings in the Bible. And I only had so many king costumes. So we had to get creative. And since Elvis is known as the king, we, we got an Elvis costume. This is King Nebuchadnezzar. This is my friend Louis, who does an amazing, you're about to see, he does an amazing Elvis impression. This is my friend Louis playing King Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon. Babylon came into Judah and took a bunch of Jews away from their home. Into Babylon. Almost like being kidnapped. It's like people, it's like imagine if a guy dressed as Elvis came into your house, took you to his house. That's just weird, right? That's what happened. Babylon came in and took them far from home. And in Babylon, we get some of my favorite Bible stories. I want to share some of them with you, beginning with a story that I like to call The Fantastic Four.
2: I said a one for the money A two for the show A three to get ready To bow down And worship me No! no. Guards, turn that heat up I feel the temperature rising Higher and higher Oh, oh man, we should have brought s'mores What? You brought popcorn? <laughs> I want some Genius Wait a minute, am I bad at math? I thought we threw three men into that fire But now I'm counting four And one of them is shining like the Son of God
1: I like to call them the Fantastic Four Because there was only three of them That got thrown into the fire And then a fourth showed up And I believe that was Jesus The Fantastic Four for us. Here's what I love about Jesus. He showed up with them in the fire. Sometimes we say, God, I want to know you more. God, I want to experience you. But sometimes Jesus is waiting in the fire. Sometimes where you're going to really encounter God is when you go through the fire and he is with you in the fire. We do a whole episode about that. One of my favorite stories. But I have another favorite story. Who, is, who here has heard of Daniel and the lion's den? Most of us, right? I love this story. I like to imagine that King Nebuchadnezzar, when he started putting together his lion's den, he started to audition different lions to see who, would, who, who could make the cut, who would be really scary. So uh, take a look at these lion auditions. To Babylon, where King Nebuchadnezzar is auditioning lions for his new lion's
2: den. Okay, lions, I'm looking for tough Scary, man-eating lions for my epic new lion's den. It's kind of a birthday present to me. Okay, first lion. Be prepared. Okay, this isn't a musical, people. You belong in a child's cartoon or something. What? I'm looking for evil, Scary. like Like a villain who would betray his own brother and nephew in an attempt to take the throne. Like some kind of lion king. I don't know, that's just an example. I just don't believe that you would ever do something like that. Just not convincing. Next Well, that's that's kind of scary, I guess. I'm I'm sorry. Can I? I'm nervous. Can I start from the beginning? Yawn. Not scary. Uh, uh Look at me. Mm-mm. That's what I should be doing. Now we're getting somewhere.
3: Meow. What?
2: What was that? Meow. Are you? Even a lion? Yeah,
1: I'm a, I'm a lion. I'm so a wee little lion. Hungry for some pancakes. Pancakes?
2: Pancakes. 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 What? I don't serve my lions pancakes. I serve them disobedient servants and enemies that disobey me.
1: What about
2: disobedient pancakes? What? No, no, humans. You're supposed to be eating humans. I, are you not a man-eating lion? I was told you were building a new Denny's. I'm here for Denny's. To eat some pancakes. Denny's? What? No, no, not a not a Denny's. A den. I'm, I'm building a lion's den. Not a lion's Denny's. Oh, bummer. Now, give me a roar. Okay. <clears throat>
3: <sighs> meow.
2: I said a roar. Meow. What was that? I
1: I don't know. I don't really want to eat anybody, sir. I just want pancakes. Pancakes? Pancakes.
2: Pancakes. Pancakes. Like a Denny's. This isn't a Denny's. This is a lion's Den! A lion's den with pancakes? No! Do you have any pancakes? No! How about syrup? Now, why would I have syrup? For my pancakes. I just said we don't have any pancakes.
1: Can I speak to your manager? I thought this was a lion's denny's.
2: For the last time, this isn't a denny's. This is a lion's den. Den!
1: Oh, a lion's den. Okay, okay, I get it. I understand, I understand. Um... Do you have any waffles? No. French toast? No. All right. Well, then I'll just take some pancakes.
2: Ah!
1: So that's what I like to imagine (laughs) might have happened. Probably not. But, you know, we like to have some fun. So some of my favorite stories happen in Babylon. In Babylon, King Nebuchadnezzar is trying to change the people of Judah. He's trying to get them to stop worshiping God. And that's where we have these amazing heroes like Daniel and his three best friends who become the fantastic four, and these men and women of God who refused to bow down and worship the king of Babylon and chose to keep worshiping God, even when it could cost them their life. It's a powerful story. Yet in the midst of all of that happening, Judah longed to return home. They couldn't wait to return home have you ever been on like a long trip and you just feel like I just want my own bed I just just want to go home and here's what happens when Judah returns home let's take a look at this map when Judah returns home they find that their home is in ruins it's on fire the homes have been destroyed. The gates are broken. The walls of Jerusalem are just torn down. It was a tragic feeling of, I can't wait to get home. And then you get home and there's like nothing there. It really was, if I may say so, it was a bit of a fixer-upper. Welcome to Fixer Upper. I'm Chip.
3: And I'm Joanna Gaines. And we take broken down homes and transform them into beautiful living spaces. And today's Fixer Upper is Jerusalem, located not far from the Sea of Galilee.
1: It's a great place to swim and an even better place to walk on water.
3: That's right, Chip. But the only problem is it's a Fixer Upper. It sure is, Joe. I mean, it's bad. Like, it's really bad. Like, it's literally on fire right now. It's in ruins. I mean, the walls are broken. Well, I do like removing walls and having a more open floor plan.
1: Well, this is a pretty big open floor plan because there's no door. It might be too open.
3: Mm-hmm. And, Joe? Yes, babe? We've got a raccoon problem. Like a really, really big raccoon problem. I thought I saw a few of those raccoons as we were driving in. Mm-hmm. And these raccoons are getting ferocious. One of them stole my wallet. Really? Yeah.
1: He held me at gunpoint. What can I say, Chip? It's a fixer-upper. It sure is. But, but I don't think we can fix this.
3: Welcome back to Fixer-Upper. Fixer-Upper. I'm Chip and I'm Joanna Gaines and together
1: we like to fix stuff up. We like to take broken homes and I can't even see you. Oh, there you are, babe. Hey, babe. Hey, babe. That's I, right, babe. How you doing, babe?
3: I'm doing pretty well, babe. How about well, you?
1: Well, here, babe. Here's the thing, babe. We were hired by
3: the people of Judah to fix up Jerusalem. That's right. They need some help. It's pretty crazy over there. It's There's crazy. Their, their homes are gone, pretty much. They it's need crazy. us. And yeah, you know, we got that magnolia vibe. That's right. So here, here,
1: here's the deal, babe. We're expensive.
3: We are expensive. Woo. I mean, we have five kids and twenty goats, and twenty, goats. and those are kids too. That's right. We got the TV show.
1: We gotta pay the bills. We gotta pay the bills. Gotta take care of the family. Yeah. So something shocking happened.
3: That's right. We had some visitors, babe.
1: Babe, what happened, babe?
3: That's right. Okay, so Judah, the people of Judah, they need help, right? Mm Because they're trying to resettle in their home. Well, guess what? The Samaritans, they said, you know what? We're going to go and offer help. So yeah. the Samaritans came, and they came In fact, by. We brought a little map.
1: Isn't that right, Joe? That,
3: that's right. Go ahead and look at the screen. All right, here we go. We got brought a little map. Samaritans offered help. They offered. It was kind of like a peace offering. Yeah. You know, kind of like for, a, free. for free. For free. And you know what? Samaritans. They should have. The, the, the people from Judah should have offered or should have accepted the help.
1: They would have saved a lot of money. They would have saved expensive. a lot of
3: money. We're expensive. The Samaritans would have worked for free. I mm-hmm. don't know what they were thinking.
1: But you know what? Judah said no.
3: Judah said
1: no. What did they do? They looked him in the eyes. What did they do?
3: They gave him the stink eye. Oh, the stink eye. It was they, stinky. They gave him the stink eye. Real they, stinky. They glared at them mm-hmm. and they said, we're not going to bury the hatchet. Mm-hmm. We don't like you Samaritans. Mm-hmm. No way, Jose. They said, no way, Jose. No way, Jose. Their name
1: wasn't even Jose.
3: Their name wasn't. They said
1: yeah. it. They said, no way, Jose. they said, no way, Jose. They
3: said, no way, Jose. They said,
1: we're mad about that civil war. Yeah. We're mad about the whole Syria thing. Yeah. And they said, no. Yeah. So you know what?
3: They rejected the peace offering. In fact,
1: we brought, that's right. We brought a little map to show you. They rejected Samaria's peace offering. So you know what? Yeah. We made some money.
3: That's right. We helped. We helped Nehemiah. Yeah. We, yeah. Nehemiah and Ezra, we helped them. Mm -hmm. Maybe. And we, we
1: rebuilt. We rebuilt. Honestly, we weren't there. No, no. They rebuilt their home.
3: We weren't there, but Nehemiah and Ezra, they were.
1: They were. Maybe not us. We built Jerusalem and Judah. That's right. And you know what? That ends the Old Testament. That's right. I'll tell the story of the Old Testament ends. That's right. So now we're going to fast forward through time.
3: 400 Around years for, in the is future. Is that right, babe? That's right, babe.
1: That's
2: right, babe.
3: hmm
1: 400 years, babe? Mm-hmm. Is that what you said, babe? That's right, babe. I love you, babe. Love you too, babe. 400
3: years. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: And we're going to kick off the New Testament.
3: When, and what's happened, babe? A, a new empire has taken over. That's right. The biggest, baddest, <clears throat> most ruthless empire that this world has ever seen. The Romans.
2: What's up? We are Romans. I- I'm a Roman. Mm-hmm. And back in Rome, we are a very, very oh, big huge. deal. We're so popular. So popular. Everyone wants to hang out, take pictures. I with even us. know what that is. Mm-hmm. Play, play with the little fuzzy do, red thing. Do they on. play with your fuzzy? Oh, always playing with my fuzzy little hat. Uh, on one the top. kid
1: left gum in mine.
2: I oh, hate yeah, yeah, that. I see the gum there. And, yeah. And there's your problem. You're what? you're wearing your helmet wrong. You're wearing your helmet wrong. It's turned sideways. You look like a red skunk. A skunk? Well, you you look like a like a rainbow with only one color. Well, maybe that's what I'm going to. Doesn't for. make any sense. Why would you it's, it's, go for that? It's the color of blood. Blood. Well, we love blood. We do like blood. We do like mm-hmm. blood. And you know what? We're Romans, so we can do whatever we whatever.
1: want. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. No one to tell us. No. Or where to go? Well, they do tell us where to go.
2: To, we go to mm-hmm. war. Yeah. We. all. Oh, I love. Oh, going I love. To I love war. the smell of war. In always the war. Go, to, go to war. Even uh, if, even on Mondays. Mm-hmm. We make time on Mondays. Uh huh. And if it's a Tuesday, mm-hmm. we we'll go to war. Go to war. Uh, Wednesday. Wednesday, there's always war.
1: Always war on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. It's actually called War Wednesday. Well, yeah, war Wednesday. Yeah. And on the weekend. Mm-hmm. Go to war. And that takes us into the New Testament where things are about to get wild. Now, Rome has taken... I'll explain in just a second. Don't worry. I know it's on me. <laughs> You're like, does he know what he's doing? We kick off the New Testament. And it's during this time that the Roman Empire has taken over Judah. Do you notice how they're always coming face-to-face with the Empire? First it was Egypt, and then Assyria, and then Babylon, and now it's Rome. And it's during this time that Jesus begins his ministry. And he begins teaching, he begins preaching, and he begins telling these stories. And these stories are called parables. Everyone say parables. How many of you have heard of parables of Jesus? Some of us, awesome. He begins telling these parables. A parable is simply a story that has a lesson. It has a moral. It's a story with a moral, with a lesson. Jesus begins telling these parables. And I want to end today's message with his most famous parable. Are you ready? He kicks off his most famous parable by reminding his Jewish audience of a famous scripture from the Old Testament, from the book of Leviticus. Let's take a look at this verse right now. Do not seek revenge or bear a grudge against anyone among your people, but love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. Who's heard of this before? Awesome, awesome. It's at this point that one of the Jewish lawyers who's listening to Jesus says, okay, Jesus, but let me ask you this. Who is my neighbor? Who is my neighbor? Let's put that question right there for you. Who is my neighbor? And Jesus responds by telling him the story of the good Samaritan. Now, I want you to look at this phrase, the good Samaritan. Did you know that for a Jewish person to see that phrase, to hear those words, to find out that Jesus was going to make the Samaritan the hero of the story, that stung. That hurt. They were offended. The good Samaritan is one of the most controversial parables in the Bible. You know why? Why? Because to call someone a good Samaritan, that's like saying like good Nazi. I don't even like saying that. It feels, it feels gross in my mouth. Some of us, when, when you heard me just say the good Nazi, you are like, no, you did not. It felt, part of you was like, that, that made me feel uncomfortable. And that's the point. That's exactly how the Jews felt when Jesus began talking about A good Samaritan. That was dirty. They're like, there's no such thing as a good Samaritan. Those Samaritans, some of them were part of the Civil War. Some of them were loyal to Assyria. Remember, Assyria was worse than the Nazis. Some of them disagree with us theologically and politically. You see, the Samaritans were a collection of all kinds of people. Some people were from the Civil War. Some people were loyal to Assyria. Some people... We're just there, but Samarians, Samaritans—sorry, Samaritans—they disagreed theologically and politically with the Jews. So, for some of us to hear the phrase "the good Samaritan," it'd be like hearing the phrase "the good Democrat," "the good Republican," "the good politician." There's no such thing, yeah. You know? For me, it's like. I hope this doesn't offend anyone. It's like hearing like the good DMV clerk, because I, I've never had a good experience at the DMV. Can I? If you work for the DMV, God bless you. Please be a light in a dark place, because I, I have never had a good experience at the DMV. So for me, the good Samaritan. It's like hearing the good DMV clerk when my when my wife was in high school, uh, we means i a freshman. All the seniors would chant, "Freshmen suck! Freshmen suck!" And then she became a senior, and she almost joined in that chant. When I was in fifth grade, I hated sixth graders. You know why? Because they were sixth graders. (laughs) And then I became a sixth grader. And you know what? I was okay with sixth graders. But you know who I hated? The seventh graders. And then I became a seventh grader, and I was okay with seventh graders. But you know who I hated? The eighth graders. We do this. Sometimes we dismiss entire groups of people as if they are the enemy. All Republicans are evil. All Democrats are evil. All atheists are evil. All DMV clerks. (laughs) We dismiss entire groups of people. And the Jews were dismissing all the Samaritans. So Jesus said, I'm going to tell you a story where the Samaritan is the hero. And they did not like that. Now, as we bring this story to an end, I'm so excited. This is the part I've been waiting for. Did you know that almost every parable of Jesus is full of symbolism? Everyone say, symbolism. That was good. It's like in Lion King, like Mufasa, ooh, symbolism. Parables are filled with symbolism. What that means is characters in these parables represent something or someone. They stand for something or someone. So here's how we're going to end this service. Are you ready? You are going to help me decipher the code of this parable. We're going to break the riddle. We're going to figure out what do all the characters represent. And as we find that out, I think we're going to learn something powerful about Jesus. Are you ready? Here we go. As we close this service, let's begin. The story of the good Samaritan begins with a Jew. I did not sneeze. I said a Jew. A Jewish man. Let's put let's put him on the screen. This is uh well, I call him Todd the tourist, um but this was uh, a Jew. Now, really quickly, I'm going to give you like a few seconds. To talk to the person next to you and just Just brainstorm. Who does this man represent? Who does he symbolize? All right. I'll let you talk. I'll let you talk. It's okay to talk in church right now. Talk to the person next to you. Let's brainstorm. Who, what, who could this person represent in this parable? Anyone have some ideas you want to throw out? Say again. Ooh, I heard someone say Judah. Judah. I believe, now now remember, the Bible is alive, and usually it actually can mean many things at the same time, because it's living. But I believe that the, this Jewish man represents Judah. Let's put that on the screen. Everyone say Judah. Judah! I believe that this Jewish man represents his own people. That would make sense, right? He represents the people of Judah. Here's why I believe that. Because in the next part of the parable, this Jewish man Gets beat up. Just like the people of Judah got beat up by Babylon. Right? Judah got beat up. In fact, Judah got really beat up. Let me show you another picture of this. And I, I got to be honest with you. On this next picture, it's a little... I'm not sure why we paused it right here. It looks like he's getting spanked or something. But the truth is Babylon whooped on Judah. Judah. In fact, I brought a little replay. You want to see a replay? Here's a little replay. So there, that's my replay of Babylon whooping on Judah. Now, what happened was this left Judah beaten and broken. In fact, I brought a picture of that. And uh, it left Judah just beaten and broken. And I may have forgotten to include that picture. But if you can just imagine that this Jewish man, he's just hes just beaten and broken. And remember when Judah returned home. Oh, thank you so much. You guys do an incredible job. This, this is Judah. Remember when they returned home from Babylon? And they found their home just destroyed? They were beaten and broken. And then... Jesus tells us there was a Samaritan. All right, my friends. I'm going to put this picture on the screen. I want you to brainstorm with me. Who could this Samaritan represent? I believe it's the Samaritans. Woo! You win a high five. Amen. I believe he represents the Samaritans. Because... In real life, do you see what Jesus is doing, by the way? He's retelling the history of Judah. Do you see that? This isn't just a parable. This isn't just a cute story. He's retelling their history back to them. And he's saying, Hey, when you were beaten up by Babylon, the Samaritans came and they offered to help you. And here's where Jesus does something so dramatic. He changes the ending of the story. Because in real life, when the Samaritans came to help Judah, what did Judah do? That's right. They said, no way, Jose." They rejected the Samaritans. Because they were still filled with anger and bitterness and unforgiveness and resentment and hatred to the Samaritans. They were still angry about the Civil War. They were so angry about Assyria. They were so angry that they disagreed theologically and politically. And they said, and they literally said this to them. They said, you have nothing to do with us. You are not my family. You are not a part of us. And they rejected the Samaritans. But what does Jesus do when he tells this story? He says, the Samaritan helped the Jewish man. And you know what? In this parable, the Jewish man accepted the help of the Samaritan. Jesus is saying, This is what should have happened. You're asking me, Who is your neighbor? The Samaritans were always your neighbors, they were never your enemy. Why have you let years of bitterness and unforgiveness prevent you from letting the relationship be restored? You have continued to view them as the enemy, but they treated you like a neighbor. You were the enemy in this story. Judah, Samaria treated you like a neighbor. And you rejected their peace offering. They came to you and offered a peace offering. an olive of Branch, they offered help. And you said no. Just because you disagreed with them. Just because you were still mad at them. You're asking me who is your neighbor? They were always your neighbor. And I believe here's the point, my friends. We sometimes view other people as the enemy. If you vote differently than me, then you're the enemy. If you don't believe in God and Jesus, then you're the enemy. If you're my ex-husband or ex-wife, you are the enemy. And Jesus is saying, no one is your enemy. They are your neighbors. And if you still want to view them as your enemy, then love them and pray for them. He is saying, listen, Judah, you don't have to be best friends with Samaria, but you still need to be friendly. Stop viewing other people as your enemy and start treating them like your neighbor. What does that look like? Well, let me give a really raw example. Sometimes, as ex-husbands and ex-wives, it's very easy for us to throw our ex-spouse under the bus. And sometimes when our kids are around, we say things to our kids that are disrespectful about our ex. And what we're doing is we're teaching them to treat people like enemies and not as neighbors. But in those moments we have the opportunity to be a Samaritan, to be like Jesus, and to treat those who we disagree with as our neighbors. We don't have to be best friends, but we can still be friendly. This also looks like when we're on Facebook and someone posts something political that we disagree with, we keep scrolling. We don't have to respond. We just let it go. Let it go. Don't hold on to it anymore. It means when we're at the DMV, <laughs> We can say, somehow Jesus died for them too. <laughs> and we can treat them, and hear me out, we can still treat them with dignity and respect. When that cop pulls us over, and we're like, man, why don't you go do, take care of other people? There's other real crime happening. But we treat them with dignity and respect. When our teacher gives us a last-minute pop quiz... Yeah. Amen. We still treat them with dignity and respect. Why? Because nobody is your enemy, my friends. They are your neighbor. And God is calling us to love our neighbors. Amen. See, when I was growing up, I thought the parable of the Good Samaritan was a cute little story about being nice. Nice. Right? I thought it was just about being a nice guy. If I'm ever on my donkey and I see a dude beat up by a ninja, you know, I'll help him. I got those Dora the Explorer band-aids and I'll just like pass them out. Like I thought it was just about being nice. But my friends, this is a story about geopolitics. This is a story about racism. It's a story about forgiveness, about unconditional love. It's a story that is one thousand years in the making. Because a thousand years before Jesus told the story, the Civil War happened. This story has been brewing for a thousand years. And here's my point. You can only truly understand and appreciate the Good Samaritan when you understand the history of the Bible. I believe when you understand the Bible in chronological order, it will bring the stories of Jesus to life and give them fresh new meaning. And that is what my tribe is all about. We walk your family through the Bible in chronological order so that when you get to the New Testament and the teachings of Jesus, they come to life for you. And here's what I love about Victory Church. See, I'm from California, and I love that you still treated me like a neighbor because I've gotten to realize people don't like California. I was with my own family in Michigan, my dad's brothers, and I felt so judged for being from California. They're like, I guess from California. It's like, I'm too young to vote. Don't be mad at me. But when I come to Victory Church, and I felt this last year too, when I come here, I feel... Like you are a neighborly church, a church that treats everyone with unconditional love, treating everyone as a neighbor. And I want to encourage you to continue to do that and to expand it to anyone in your life who you kind of view as the enemy. If there's anyone in your life that you kind of view as the enemy, I encourage you to ask God to soften your heart for them. Because can I tell you something? Jesus softened his heart for them. And he died on a cross for them. And he loves them unconditionally. He's calling us to do the same. To not have enemies, but to only have neighbors. Amen? Can we pray together? Dear God, thank you for your amazing scriptures. Thank you for bringing the Bible to life for us. And, and teaching us about ourselves and what it means to be a follower of Jesus. I pray you would continue to grow us and transform us. In Jesus' name, we pray.